you have your Bibles, open to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll look at one verse this morning, verse 14. As we're on our seventh lesson in this series that we've entitled Spiritual Warfare. Folks, we're in the last days. We're in the days before the soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to take His church out of this old sinful world. And because of that, Satan is unleashing all hell and all fury upon this earth. And we are caught in the middle of this spiritual battle. Today we want to understand what Paul meant when he talked about the feet sod with the gospel of peace. You know, now today this is the, the, we're looking at this third piece of armor, even though this is our seventh lesson. And Paul says we have to put on all pieces of this armor every day of our life if we expect to stand against the wiles of the devil and continue standing when the battle is over. Like the belt of truth, this piece that we're going to talk about this morning, you know, some feel it's really not necessary. Why do I have to, you know, adorn myself with the shoes of the gospel of peace? Why is that really necessary? You know, shouldn't a Roman soldier be more concerned about other elements of his armor like, Shouldn't he be concerned more about the breastplate that we looked at last week or the sword that we'll be looking at in a couple of weeks? You know, shouldn't he be more concerned about that rather than worrying about his footwear? However, Paul included each of these pieces of armor, you know, because he done it intentionally because, folks, this is what God provides us with. This is what God says, if you are going to win this spiritual battle, if you're going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and these fiery darts that the devil is constantly shooting our way, you better put on every one of these pieces and don't leave one off. If we walk onto the battlefield without any of these pieces of armor, folks, we risk fatal blows from the enemy. And shoes are no exception. And here's what Paul says in verse 15. And your feet sod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So just what are these shoes of the gospel of peace? And how do we go about putting these shoes on? Now the rest of the uh, you know, uh, uh, pieces of armor, we can see how we put the breastplate on. We can see how we put you know, the, the belt on. We can see how we put the helmet on. But what does God mean and how do we put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Let's start by looking at this piece of armor as it was worn by the Roman soldier. Now, again, the reason we're doing this is because as Paul was in prison, you know, he wrote this because he was looking at this Roman guard who was there before him, and he said, you know what? You know, you know let's talk about the helmet of salvation. Let's talk about this breastplate that he's wearing. Let's talk about this, you know, uh, belt that he has around him. Let, let, me, let me see if I can't come up with something about these shoes that he is wearing. And all these pieces of armor, Paul said, you know what? That Roman soldier is ready for battle. And if the Christian person is going to be ready for battle, Paul kind of got a word picture there. He said, here's what we need to look like too. 
So that's why we'll be referring to the Roman soldier and how they were dressed. So not only would the comfortable and breathable structure of the shoes allow you know, soldiers to march many miles without pains, there was also some spikes on the bottom of these shoes that they would wear into battle, and it would help them to stand their ground on you know, unstable ground or rocky ground. It would help them as they begin to march over their enemy, how they would stomp them and with these spikes that was on the bottom of their shoes as they began to advance in the battle. Folks, we got shoes of the gospel of peace. We can stomp old Satan's head, okay? Kind of like the song that was done a while ago. You know, we don't have to give in to the wiles of the devil. We don't have to give in to the temptations of the devil. We can dodge those fiery darts, you know, when he comes at us. But we have to prepare ourselves with everything that God has given on. So as the Roman army would begin to advance, the, the enemy would be trampled on and they would experience these, you know, puncture wounds from the many of the soldiers as they were just walking on them as they would knock them down. Listen, you can walk on the devil. You can stand before the devil. You can knock that devil down. You can stomp on that old devil if we wear the armor God has provided. So these spiked soles, they would help them also to navigate better through the rough terrain, unlike the other footwear, like if they were just wearing sandals, okay? The enemy couldn't seclude themselves in the rough patches of land when facing these Roman soldiers, you know, as they would advance with minimal pain, you know, uh, to their feet. And Paul used this historical information, you know, he, he didn't use it haphazardly, okay? He understood the importance of peace within the life of a Christian soldier and how much we need these shoes of peace, okay? And as well as the other elements. But, you know, so... Just as these shoes, these battle shoes, was so important and vital for the Roman soldiers to help them trample over their enemy, to help them inflict wounds upon their enemy, you know, while being able to remain stable on the ground that they were on. Okay, so it is with the believer as we go up against Satan and his army, folks, we can continue marching on because of the shoes of the gospel of peace that he gives to us. Now, the next thing we see here is what are the shoes of the gospel of peace? What, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does Paul mean for today's believer? We know as he was looking at that Roman guard, you know, the, the idea he was getting, but Exactly what does that mean for us today, the shoes of the gospel of peace? You see, a barefoot soldier, you know, will likely encounter debris or, or rough uh, patches of ground when, when they, and it could throw them off the course. It could throw them off their battle course. It could throw them off their battle plan. And same way it is with us. Look, Satan is constantly throwing all types of debris before us. And he's trying to get us to stumble over this debris. He's trying to drive us off course from the battlefield. And the sad thing is, folks, he's doing a pretty good job of it. Because we as God's Christian people, we are not adorning ourselves with the things that God has made available to fight the enemy. If you're constantly being defeated in your life, I recommend you go back and see if you're adorning yourself every day with the armor God has provided for you. If you're constantly being tripped up in your Christian walk, if you're constantly being diverted from what you've told God you're going to do, see if you have everything on, especially 
the shoes of the gospel of peace. You know, what can throw off our peace of mind? What can throw off our peace about our circumstances? The answer is any of the devil's schemes and any of the fiery darts he throws our way. Folks, listen, the devil during any day, he can hurl debris at us like we never thought possible. Can I tell you something? He hurls debris of family feud against us. When a family is not together, when a family is at odds with one another, when a family cannot get along with one another, which we're seeing more and more of that nowadays, what does that cause? It causes us to divert. It causes us to get off course. It causes us, you know, not to stand strong and fight the devil. Not only that, job insecurity, that's another debris that Satan will throw at you. And if you don't have on this shoes of the gospel of peace, you'll not be able to trample over that. Friendship betrayals. Boy, how many times has a, somebody you thought was a friend just betrayed you, and boy, it hurt, didn't it? It hurts. Or any other rocky situation he throws at us that can sabotage our, 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 our strength, it can sabotage our peace. And folks, when we as God's people lose our peace, we're no longer in the battle. We're no longer in the battle. You see why? Because peace helps us to stand, uh, stay grounded and simultaneously stand our ground. That's what peace will do for you if you have peace within your life. But wait, what does Paul, why does Paul call this shoes of the gospel of feet or peace? You know, does that mean there are go other Gospels? He calls it the Gospel of Peace. Does that mean there's other Gospels, like maybe the Gospel of Love or the Gospel of Faith? Or maybe he's talking about, maybe he's saying that we should pay more attention to one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew, you know, Mark, Luke, or John. No, that's not what he's talking about here. What Paul actually means here by Gospel, folks, the Gospel is the good news. The good news of Jesus Christ you see we are to fit our feet with the good news of peace and take it to a lost and dying world but how many of us are doing that how many of us are doing that I seen a statistic years ago that said less than one percent now listen to this less than one percent of Christians has ever led a person to the Lord that means you sit down with somebody, shared the gospel with them, led them to Jesus Christ, less than 1%. Hmm. What's that saying to us about our shoes of the gospel of peace? We're not sharing Christ with others. We're not sharing the good news with others. We're not sharing the gospel. That statistics also said that less than a half percent of that 1% are consistent soul winners. Wow. There's a lot of people in a lot of churches who call themselves Christians who do not have on these shoes of the gospel of peace. They're not going around. They're not sharing Jesus Christ. They're not sharing the good news with those around them. And boy, your feet's going to hurt. Your feet are going to hurt. So what does Paul mean by this? What does he actually mean? Look, we are to fit our feet with the good news of peace. In other words, we're to march on to the battlefield unafraid because we're carrying with us the good news of Jesus' death, 
of Jesus' resurrection. And listen, when we are doing that, no matter what debris the enemy throws at us, you know, in this war, in this chaos, we know that God has everything under control and that his plan cannot be, you know, thwarted, you know, and the devil, therefore, cannot rob us of our peace. Look, if you are constantly sharing the good news with others, you're going to have peace in your heart. You show me someone that does not have peace in their life. You show me someone who does not have peace within their heart. I'll show you someone that's probably not sharing the good news with others. And when we don't do that, folks, we rob ourselves of the peace that God desires to have with us. There's nothing like sitting there and witnessing to somebody, sharing the word of God with them and asking them, do you want to invite Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And they say yes, and you lead them in a prayer of salvation. Let me tell you something, Brother Danny, does that bring peace to your life? Does that bring peace to your heart? Does that bring joy to your heart? Because you was just used of God, you know, by the soles of your feet to bring another person to the kingdom of God. Boy, that just does something to the heart. And if, you, if you're not experiencing that, folks, you're not experiencing all that God wants you to experience in life. You see, peace allows us not to be afraid no matter what happens around us, you know, because we know that God has the victory. Here's what he said in John 14. Peace I live, leave with you, Jesus said. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. You know, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, when we are putting on these shoes of the gospel of peace, folks, and we're sharing that good news, and we're leading others to Christ, we're marching, you know, through the battlefield, sharing Christ with others. You know, Jesus says, I'll give you peace. I'll give you peace. Not like the world gives, you know. And look what he said. Don't let your heart be troubled nor be afraid. March forward. You've got on these shoes. You've got on these special shoes that will allow you to march on through the enemy and share Christ with others. You know, according to Isaiah 9 and 6, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and in Him, and only through Him, can we have peace no matter what might come our way. Look, in these last days, again, Satan is pulling out all stops and trying to get people's, uh, God, God's people down and out. He's doing everything he can to get you down. He's, trying, he's doing everything he can to get you, you know, to, 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 to lay your peace aside and not have that peace, not have that joy within your life. He's trying to rob you of your peace. He's trying to, you know, uh, you know, get you out of the battle so that you can no longer advance the kingdom of God. Look, he knows that a child of God without peace. Now listen to me close here. Probably should have threw this up on the screen, but I didn't. He knows that a child of God without peace will remove him or herself from the front line because without peace, we lose heart. Think about that. Without peace, we lose heart. And it's not long till we remove ourselves from the battlefield. 
because we see no reason in going on. We see no reason in continuing forward. We see no reason to remain in the battle. Because without that peace, without that joy that, that, that comes from God, we just move on. So he knows that a child of God without peace is no longer a threat in the battle. God gives us all these pieces of armor, folks, and we must be willing to put them on and use them in our everyday battles. Now the third thing. Learning to use the shoes of the gospel of peace. How, how do I do that? How do I learn to put on these shoes? Look, like the Roman footwear, we have a certain amount of versatility when it comes to this piece of armor. You know, when we look at how the Roman soldiers use shoes, we can see how to implement this weapon in similar ways. First of all, the shoes of the gospel of peace will allow us to walk a great distance. These shoes allowed them to continue walking. You know, Roman soldiers would march dozens of miles a day, you know, and at any given stretch. And their shoes would not only have to conquer the rough terrain, but be comfortable and do as little damage to their feet as possible. I, I won't mention no names, but I talked to one of our members that just got a new job the other day. And she was on the floor for eight hours. And she said her feet hurt, that she's going to have to get new shoes. Have you ever been on your feet and you didn't have good shoes and it didn't long to what? Them feet get to hurting. Now, what happens when your feet get to hurting? You get miserable. <laughs> you get miserable, you know. And, and most miserable people are grouch, grouchy people, are they not? And you don't want to do. You don't want to continue on. You don't want to keep moving forward. You say, I got to put my feet up, you know. I got, I got to go home and let somebody massage my feet. Look, it's the same way in our walk with God, folks. We have to have on the shoes of the gospel of peace because it allows us to continue going on. This is good shoes, okay? A whole lot better than Brown Shoe Fit Company up there can provide for you, and they got some good shoes, you know? But you know what? This, this pair of shoes isn't near as expensive as they are either. But it's shoes that you can put on and you can continue moving forward. You know, the Christian journey is long and it's hard, but God gives us these shoes to help us go a great distance in our walk with him. And when we're wearing the proper shoes, listen, we're able to advance without our feet causing us pain in the battle. You know, thereby allowing us to share the gospel of peace with more and more whom we come in contact with. Put on those shoes. Share the word of God. Share the good news with others. Now, the fourth thing we see here is we're to advance without hesitation. Now, here's where a lot of people have a problem. All right, Pastor, I'll, I will agree with what you're saying here, that maybe I need to be sharing the good news a little bit more than what I do. Maybe I should continue marching forward. But let me pray about it. <laughs> Y'all know what I think when I hear people say, let me pray about it. Can I tell you something? Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ is not something you have to pray about. It's something that's done been mandated to you and to me. We're mandated. You should never pray about anything that you're mandated by Jesus Christ to do. What are you going to do? Try to change his mind through prayer? Don't work that way. Look, we're to advance without hesitation. 
Don't stop to pray about it. Just do it. You're in a battle. Move forward. If you hesitate in battle, let me tell you something. If you hesitate in battle, you're going to be killed. You're going to be killed. Look, fear and uncertainty can threaten to stop any Christian from spreading the good news. You know, we're not only the hands of Jesus Christ, folks, but you know what? We're also his feet. We're his hands and we're his feet, and he expects us to carry the good news of his sacrifice to a lost and a dying world. And if we succumb to the darkness of Satan and his forces and all the debris that he lays before us, we're going to get tripped up without the readiness that comes from walking in the shoes of the gospel of peace. We'll hesitate or worry, and when we do, we will not be an effective soldier in the army of God. Hesitation has taken more out of the battle than anything else. Hesitation to do what you know God wants you to do and what he expects of you. You see, with readiness of the gospel of peace shoes, we don't have to fear the debris that's all around us in this battlefield. We don't have to fear it. Now, some of the stuff that, some of the debris that Satan throws in your life, it just looks like giants that's impossible for you to get over or get around or break through. He can make it appear a whole lot bigger than it is. That's his job. That's what he does. Look, we can advance through any and all terrain we come upon us with these shoes of the gospel of peace. We can maneuver through any and all debris that Satan throws before us. We can advance because we have the assurance that the shoes of the gospel of peace will take us through any and all things that Satan can throw before us. You can march right over it. I don't care what it is. You can march right over anything that Satan throws in your way, anything. You see, with these gospel of peace shoes, you know, the enemy lay, lay things before us, but God has promised it that we will be successful. God has promised that we can stomp on it and continue advancing. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Move forward with the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now, the fifth thing here, the last thing here is we are to walk together. Now, don't miss this. The Roman soldiers, they would be side by side marching through the battlefield together. There was no Lone Ranger Roman soldiers, okay? None of them wore a, wore a mask and, and rode a white horse. They all walked together. And church, that's what we have to do also. Just like they walked side by side, Roman troops advanced in a tight formation. And not only did that intimidate the enemy, well, when the enemy just saw him coming shoulder to shoulder, uh, shoulder, not hesitating, but moving forward, it intimidated them. It intimidated them. And, and, and they would go plowing right through any and all threats that the enemy put before them. And they would be successful. In the same way, folks, the church must march together. The church must stand together. The church must fight together. 
and the church must be fitted together with the shoes of the good news of the gospel of peace no matter what we see in front of us. And let me, let me just throw this in, and we won't charge you no more when we take up the offering here in a minute for this, okay? The enemy is throwing all kind of things at the church in this day and time. What do you think? And I think I've mentioned this before. Again, let me just throw in a disclaimer here. I believe COVID was a real disease. I believe COVID did kill a lot of people. But you know, the Democrats said years ago, we'll never let a good crisis go to waste. I believe they used that crisis to see how much control they could get over the church when they told the church, you got to shut your doors. Or they told the church, no more than 10 people. And you want me to tell you something that's really goofy? I wasn't going to say stupid, but we got little kids in here. And I don't want to say stupid in front of little kids. So. Okay. No, please. <laughs> Get this. In California, okay, now there's no telling what's going to come out of California, although we got people in California that listen to this. I know that for a fact. But in California, the governor even told them people, well, you can gather together with a certain amount of people, but you can't sing in church. Now, do you believe that? Well, we'll let you come together with about 10 people, but you cannot sing. Folks, that is an attack from the enemy to see just how much control they could gain over the church. And can I tell you the sad thing about it? The church let them do it. Now, we never shut our doors here. I just told our people, look, I'm going to be here, be preaching at 11 o'clock. We did stop Sunday school. We did stop Wednesday night services. I'll be here at 11 o'clock. Them doors are going to be open. You do what you feel comfortable doing. But folks, a lot of churches succumb to that debris that Satan threw before. And I firmly believe, and you're not going to convince me any different, the government used that to see how much control they could get over the church because in the last days, the government will have more and more control on what the church can and cannot do. I think it was a test balloon to say, let's just see how far we can go with these idiots, okay? With these idiots. Let, 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 let's get, just, just get on here. As the church of Jesus Christ, folks, we're mandated to go into all the world and share the gospel of peace and we must let nothing stand in our way. Nothing. Okay, in the case of fitting our feet with the shoes of the gospel of peace, this also means reminding each other of the peace we have. We're talking here about us walking together, standing side by side together, fighting together, moving forward together as a church. Look, often we can get bogged down by worries of this world as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we must be willing to help each other. If one begins to, uh, you know, slack off, if one begins to fall behind, we got to pull them back up with us. That's how the Romans were so fierce in battle. They stuck together. They stayed together. They stayed side by side, no matter what the enemy threw before them. 
We've got to be willing to help each other. Remember the peace that we have. You know, the peace that the enemy can't rob us from. He'll try to rob you of your peace in order to get you out of the battle. He, he, he does this many times by focusing upon our health problems. He'll do it as, uh, as a result of a death of a loved one. He tries to rob you of your peace in order to get you out of the battle. And one thing I have seen him ramp up more than anything else in these last days are family squabbles. Folks, we have people even in our churches who can't get along with their family. I'm not talking about the church family. I'm talking about their biological family. Listen to me. That is debris that Satan is using to get you out of the battle. And the sad thing is, people are allowing him to do that very thing. Family members at odds with one another to the point they're not even speaking to one another. And some so bitter with, a fa with family members, they don't even care if they see them again. I talked to a lady here a couple of months ago who she had to move completely off from here because she can't get along with her family. Now, folks, that's sad. There's more dysfunction in the family now than I've ever seen before in my life. And why is that? Because it's debris Satan is throwing out in the battlefield to get people out of the battle, to rob them of their peace, to rob them of their joy. And how sad that is. How sad that is that some have allowed Satan to rob them of that peace and take them to that point. But fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace, folks, we can navigate through the rough terrain. We can reclaim our peace, and we can walk far distances, spreading the good news as we go to the end of the earth. I will assure you, if you are spreading the good news with these shoes of the gospel of peace, okay, you're going to have peace in your life. I don't care what family members do. I don't care what family members say. I don't care what debris is out there on that battlefield. You can continue moving forward, and we have to move forward together. Now, I'm going to tell you something probably none of you knew, maybe. But did you know that preachers have the prettiest feet in the world? I tell you what, if y'all don't believe that, let's, somebody come up here and let's just don't do that. Tim keeps me straight. No, that's biblical. Did you know that? That the preacher has the prettiest feet in the congregation? I mean, Romans 15 or 10, 15 says, you know, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. Who's preaching? Come on, who's preaching? I am. Somebody, somebody agree, okay? So that means I got the most beautiful feet in this congregation, correct? Well, I don't know about it. And I will say this. In my opinion, feet are the ugliest thing on a person. Have you ever thought about that? Feet are the ugliest thing on a person. But let, let, me, let, me, let me bring this out. So since we're the ones doing the preaching, it stands to reason that we have the best-looking feet. That sounds scriptural because what Romans 10, 15 says. Well, the problem is the scripture does not stop there. Here's how the scripture continues. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and brings glad tidings of good things. See, preachers like to just stop at certain points and 
you know, make yourself look right. But here's the thing. That brings an entirely different aspect to it. Beautiful, listen to this. Beautiful are the feet of anyone who brings the good news of the gospel of peace and glad tidings of others. Beautiful are the feet. I'm going to explain that further here in just a second. Are there any, is anyone who is sharing the good news? <sighs> Look here. The word beautiful. What's that word beautiful mean? The word beautiful means from full bloom and development. That's what the word beautiful means. You look it up in the Greek. It means from full bloom or development. And the feet simply implies travel. Hold on to that thought for a moment. So if the, it, it, it is the message of peace that brings the messenger, not the pastor, the messenger, those who are preaching the gospel. It is the message of peace that, bring, that makes the messenger in full bloom or develop, and the feet simply imply travel. In other words, as you go and as you're sharing this gospel of peace with others, okay, beautiful are the feet. In other words, you're in full bloom. You know, things that I heard somebody saying this morning, I think about how all the trees are getting in full, you know, leafing out, and, you know, it won't be long till all these fruit trees are in full bloom. Isn't it a pretty sight when we see that? You know, these Bradford pears and these, all these other trees as they begin, the dogwoods in the woods, they're blooming. They look beautiful, do they not? Well, that's what Paul was talking about. Beautiful are the feet of those who, 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 who feet, uh, preach the gospel of peace and they bring glad tidings to all that are around. You want to be in full bloom? You want to look beautiful like the dogwoods in the, in the woods? Then start sharing the gospel. Start sharing the gospel. You see, so as we go and we spread the gospel of peace, we're in full bloom as messengers of God. And our travels are beautiful in the sight of God. It just pleases the heart of God and it's beautiful in his sight as he sees his people doing what he has mandated us to do. <coughs> Excuse me. So matter how much, no matter how much debris Satan may throw our way and try to discourage us or get us off course, listen, God gives us these shoes, these special shoes, these special shoes of good news and peace to help us stand our ground, to help us stand together, and to help us advance effectively on the battlefield. Look, if you'll start spreading the good news of the gospel of peace to those around you, you're going to see joy and peace begin to bloom in your life as you've never seen before as you've never seen before. Why? Because now you're walking closer to God because you're doing the things that he has called you to do. Do you have peace in your life? Or are there some things that, you know, Satan has thrown in front of you to get your focus off the battle and onto these things? And as a result, it's not only got you out of the battle, but it's robbed you of your peace and it's robbed you of your joy. You remember King David when he had sinned with Bathsheba 
he went before God. And he told God, he said, Lord, my joy is gone. My, my, my peace is gone. Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Not his salvation. He didn't lose it. But he knew he had lost that joy. He knew he had lost that peace. And he said, whatever it takes. And David repented. David repented. And that joy was restored. What about you here this morning? You're saved, maybe, and you say, you know, I don't know why I've lost my peace. don't know why I've lost that joy. I don't know why I'm not as excited about church this morning. When Evie, I guess she's out in children's church, when Evie woke up this morning, by the way, she still sleeps with me and Debbie, and she says she's going to do so till she's 30. Um, I don't know. Probably will, yeah. Anyway, when she, first thing she done when she woke up this morning, she looked over me and she said, Daddy, what's today? I said, it's Sunday, baby. Good, we're going to church? We're going to church? Will you turn on, uh, what is that, Zoomerang? You know, it's a, a vacation Bible school we done last year or year before last. She said, would you put that on there so I can sing some Jesus songs? Now, how many of you, <laughs> how many of you woke up this morning saying, praise God, it's Sunday, I get to go to church and listen to that preacher with the beautiful feet. <laughs> Not, anybody want to raise a hand? Not a person said that. How many of you put something on the TV, Jesus song, so you could get pumped up and built up before you come to church? What has happened to the excitement in your life about coming to church, being around other Christian people, singing the songs to Jesus, listening to his word, and just being excited because you have joy and you have peace within your life. Or how many of you have been robbed of that? Maybe because of some sin in your life. Maybe because you're not got on these shoes of the gospel of peace and you're not going about sharing with others. Maybe you just need to do as David did. Repent of that. Repent of that and receive back that joy. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. You know what? There's awaiting you joy and peace in your life like you never thought possible. Just like with Evie this morning. Woke up, it's Sunday, I get to go to church. Not I have to go to church. I get to go to church. I get to sing Jesus songs. I get, you know. Do you have that joy? Do you have that peace? Look, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be there. We're going to have a song of invitation here in just a moment. And I ask, if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to invite you as we stand to do this song here in just a moment, that with that same motion of standing, why don't you come down here? Let us, let, let us introduce you to Christ. Let us show you the simplicity of of inviting Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Savior. Would you do that? Let's pray.